Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. I have a word here I want to share with you. God gave me this word for our students. I wanted to keep, keep the students in here. It's for all of us. But I just feel like God wants to speak something. I pray that it will stick. <laughs> and, uh, and you'll leave with it in your heart. Amen. Amen. Who's ready for Christmas? Anybody? Have you, you've been so busy. Have you thought about it? Who's done their shopping? Anybody? Some people, some people shop on Black, Black Friday. Goodness, you guys are organized. Order things online. Man, I have, I've been so busy. I got to get in the Christmas flow. Anybody else say, I, I need to start. I need to get in the Christmas flow, man. Come on, it'll be here right around the corner. In Genesis chapter 6, it's, something's happening on, on the earth. You know, there's these giants, and the Bible says mankind's growing more and more wicked. And, and it says these giants are doing crazy things. All of this wild stuff is happening on the earth, right? In Genesis 6, the wickedness of man is just growing and growing so much that God says, I repent that I've even made man. I mean, it was getting so bad. It says, except for Noah. The scripture says he, Noah was perfect in all his ways. It says, Noah walked with God. And so God told Noah to build an ark and take all of his family into the ark. I think that the ark is a type of the church. And even at, at this arena, when I'm in this arena, it just reminds me of a giant ark, kind of. And the ark is a type of the church. And I want to talk to you just for a few minutes. We're going to have another time of prayer. Stay in the ark. Stay in the ark. I was praying for this, and I said, could this be a word? For young people, teenagers, people in their 20s, could you hear this bald-headed pastor in Jacksonville, Florida, with these words in December 2018, stay in the ark, stay in the ark. As you go to college, as you get a job, if you relocate, if you get married, if you move overseas, whatever God takes you, hear my voice tonight. Stay in the ark. Stay in the ark. It'll haunt you, those words. <laughs> Hopefully it will encourage you. And you'll be like, Pastor Chris said, stay in the ark. I need to go to church. I need to stay connected to God's house. Amen. Some stats say that 40% of teens that are in church now will, will not be in church when they're in their 30s. I don't know if that's true. That's what I heard. These stats are all over the place, but I see it, I've seen a trend over the years. Have you? Many people in their 20s, in their 30s, they don't stay in the ark. They, they think that they're, they've arrived. They don't need the, the church anymore. They don't need the ark anymore. But let's declare tonight that as for me and the students of this house, we're gonna stay in the ark. We're gonna raise our families in the ark. And so I wanna talk to you just for a few minutes about staying in the ark. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the word of God. It's living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it pierces us, it changes us, and we just open our hearts to receive your word that we could leave tonight changed 
and closer to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. So the culture says church is irrelevant to our lives. Why does it matter if we go to church? If you get out in a lot of areas of culture, you're gonna hear that going to church does not really matter. But I'm here to tell you, the church is like a family. You have a family of origin, and you have a family of choice. Those are the men and the women, the brothers and sisters that you join your life to, to do life with. It's very important. And you make that family of choice, you make that decision, and that becomes a part of your family, your spiritual family. And that's a huge part of your life, and it's a huge part of being a healthy Christian. It's a it's spiritual family. The church is like a training ground where you're learning how to walk with God. You're taught the truth of the scriptures, and you're, you're living it out in context of relationships. You can't just be a Christian in a vacuum. It's so easy to sit in your apartment and read your Bible, but you have to live it out among relationships. Where does that happen? In the church. That's when you learn to forgive. And how many times in your life have you just shown up at church and had the word that you needed? I've just noticed that over years when you come to church, sometimes you don't feel like it. You don't always feel like coming, do you? But you've made a commitment to come to the ark. You're coming to his house and you showed up and God met you there. How many times you didn't expect it? But he was there. He saw you. He, he would, and in, in his faithfulness, he met you, and his presence brought something that you needed. How many times? And you came to the altar. You didn't expect it. It was another Sunday. But man, God just did something to you. It's so many times. And what I've noticed, that making that decision to come to church, it's just a consistency of your life, that voice of truth, that voice of wisdom in your life, Week after week, over the course of your life, it makes all the difference. You're, you, don't, you don't even know it, but you're that, that feeding that comes, being in, the, in God's house, in his presence, that consistent voice of truth over the years, I just think it's like a stabilizer in our hearts, in our lives, and it just keeps us centered where we can grow and we can have a healthy, strong walk with God, and that legacy that I'm talking about can come forth in our lives. Can I have an Amen. The culture says, you don't need church, but it's like you're a family. It's like a training center where you're trained, and even in the children's ministry and students' ministry, and you're sent out to do God's will. It's like a filling station, and you're out in the, in, during school and in, in work, and you get dry and thirsty, and then you come back into God's house, and there's something that happens when we all worship together. There's a corporate anointing that lifts your spirit and lifts your soul, and he inhabits the praises. Of, he inhabits the, the praises of, God inhabits our praises in his house. It's something that you can't, ha doesn't happen in your apartment. It can't happen like that in your car. It's when we all sing together, there's a corporate anointing that comes, and I just believe it lifts you up. So it's, it's like a family, it's like a hospital for the broken. When people are hurting and they're broken in life and they come into God's house and they can be healed. Jesus said, I didn't come for those who don't need a physician. He came for the sick. He came for the broken. He came for the hurting. And, and it's a place of healing in God's house. And when we, we're in our lives, during the course of life, we all get hurt. We get emotionally wounded at times. We all 
walk through seasons of pain. It's a part of life. Can I have an amen? And when we're connected to the ark, we're connected to God's house, it's a place where we can be healed and learn to process that pain in a healthy way. God's house is like a filling station. We come and receive his, filled up with his presence, with the spirit of God. God's house is like a launching pad where people, you know, we're 20 years old as a church. Can you, do you know that there's people that were born in this house and they're 20 years old? They're 10 years old. They're five years old. And it's like a launching pad where they're born in this house and they're trained in God's ways and they're sent out to make a difference. But you know what? They'll always be connected to what? The ark. They'll always be connected to God's house because this is where they were trained. This is a part of their DNA. This is who they are. You always need to be connected to the ark, to God's house, a covering of your life. The culture says you don't need church. The culture says you don't need the Bible. It's irrelevant to your life. The culture says you're missing out. You don't need to waste all those Sundays and all those Wednesdays and all those services in church. FOMO, fear of missing out. I could use this time doing other things. Listen, I was reading the parable of the sower in Mark chapter four several years ago. And in the, I believe it's the amplified version, you guys know the parable of the sower they sow the seed and the, it represents different things. And one of, the, one of the answers there is that the seed represents, it gets choked. Guess what it gets choked by? The deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the Amplified Version says this, the false glamour of the world. I never forgot that phrase because it's this, oh, I'm missing out, I'm in church, but I'm missing out on all these this stuff that's out in the world. All of these pleasures that are out there outside the ark. I just need to go experiencing them for a while. Man, that's, the Bible says that's false glamour. You want to know life? Jesus. You want to find life and life abundantly? Jesus. You Man, you stay in God's house. He who is planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. He shall be like streams of living. Come on, y'all. You want to have a blessed life? Stay in the ark. Come on, let, that, let my voice just be in your memory, guys. Young people, young ladies, young men. Some of you are, are juniors. Your seniors are going to graduate. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, stay in the ark. Some of y'all are 20-somethings, and you know the best place you can be is in the ark. That's where your destiny is is gonna come from right there, I'm telling you. You're gonna hear the truth of God. You're gonna follow his ways. You're gonna learn to walk with him. Some of you, you never learned to walk with God. Your parents didn't teach you. But you can learn the ways of God in his house, amen? And so let me quickly give you some ways to stay in the ark. You know fatherlessness, it's an epidemic in America. If it was a disease, it'd be a national emergency. Millions and millions of children don't have a father in the home. And if they do, many times the father's absent. Many times he's passive. Sometimes he's even abusive. What can happen? How can God fill that void, the ark? 
Some of us are called to be men and women, mothers and fathers to those who don't have anyone else to fill that void. I believe with all my heart that God can connect people to fill that gap and speak that voice, speak over young people the truth that they need to hear from someone that they never got it from. And it will change the course of their life. I believe it. Do you guys believe it? Some of you deacons, some of you leaders, you've been in God's house, you need to step up and you need to, when you meet young people, you need to be out of your shell and you need to meet them and you need to get to know them and you need to speak into their life. The ark, it's a place of safety. It's a consistent voice of wisdom. Social media, Twitter, media on television, Fox versus CNN, all of the noise. You need the voice of truth that teaches you the ways of God, that teaches you the real truth. And you get so confused and you're tossed around by all of this nonsense. But when you come in and you consistently hear the truth, man, it make, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And of course it's in your personal time. But I'm telling you, there's something about sitting and listening to the preaching of the word from a pulpit. There's something about it, being teachable and having a, a, a humble heart that wants to hear the oracles of God from a man of God. There's something about it. And if you have a heart, he who has ears to hear, you'll receive and God will speak to you. I'm telling you, and you need it. It helps you to be strong and healthy in your relationship with God. I'm preaching now. Come on, y'all. Exodus 33, verse 11 says this. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Moses knew God. He knew him face to face as a man knows his friend. Moses' face was shining. He knew God. And the scripture says he'd go back to the camp. But what did the young man do? What did Joshua do? It says he never left the ark. He never departed from the tabernacle. Can you imagine? Joshua, he stayed in the house of God. He stayed in the tabernacle. And so three quick ways to stay in the ark. God wants you to get to know him for yourself. You can't live on mama's faith, grandmama's faith, dad's faith. You can't live on their faith. You have to make a decision like Joshua did to get to know the Lord's ways for yourself. You've got to make that decision for yourself. Joshua had a hunger to know God. Paul said this, that I may know him. He knew him, but he wanted to know him in a deeper way, in an intimate way. He made, a, he made that decision. Joshua said, I want to know him. I'm gonna stay in his house. I'm gonna learn his ways. I'm gonna have an intimate, deep walk with the Lord. That's what Joshua decided. I'm gonna spend time in his house. I'm gonna know his presence. I'm gonna know what his presence feels like. And I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for that. That's the decision that Joshua made when, when? When he was young. He made that decision. And he said, I'm not satisfied to live 
off Moses' walk with God. I'm not satisfied to live off his miracles that he did. I can't live off his testimony. His face was shining, but that my, I gotta get in God's presence so my face will shine. I've got to learn to know God. He made a commitment to, to just to be in his house. I don't feel like we preach it that much anymore. I'm here to preach it tonight. Stay in the house. Stay in the ark. Nobody could do this for him. Joshua had to do it himself. And God saw this. He saw this young man in his house. He sees you in his house. You make a decision. You're here on a Wednesday night. God sees it. He sees your commitment to be in his house. And what happens as Joshua makes this time and commits himself to God's house? What happens? In Joshua 1, verse 5, it says this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I am with you. So I will be with you. As I was with Moses, now I'm going to be with you. Why? Because you stayed in the house. You stayed in the ark, and you learned to walk with me. You learned my ways. You learned my presence. So now I'm going to put my anointing on your life. Now I'm going to put my favor on your life. And who knows who God's going to raise up in this generation? Oh, man, I believe God's going to raise up some world changers from here. Come on, do you? Yes. He's going to put his anointing on you, but you have to make a commitment to his house. Don't listen to the culture. Say, I go to church. That's me. I'm a, as for me and my house, we go to church. We're there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to commit to his house, to learning his ways over the long haul, over the years. And you watch God pour his favor and his anointing out on your life. Joshua received this anointing. He received this promotion, this favor from God that only comes from seeking him and knowing him. That's where, that's where you get that anointing from. There's no shortcuts. You have to, if you're going to develop this anointing, you have to seek him. You have to know him. You have to be in his house. You have to learn his ways. That's where it's going to come from. So number one, be in God's house. Make a commitment to get to know him for yourself. Don't try to live on your parents' faith. A lot of you, maybe some of you are raised in church. I wasn't raised in church. And when I started coming to church, I was, I was amazed as a young man, about 21 years old, I was amazed at some of the church kids and how they weren't fired up. I couldn't believe it. I, I would tell myself, you, you were raised in this? I'm just telling you, I'm just being honest. I would be like, you were raised in this? You're, you're pastor's kids? You, you were raised in this and, and you're so lazy about it? You take everything for granted? I said, man, it's time. I, I couldn't believe it. I said, I love God's house. I wish I was raised in God's house. And I couldn't believe how they took it all for granted. And some of you are raised up in God's house and, and you're living off your parents. You've got to make that decision. It's got to be your faith, yourself. It's time to take it for yourself. Listen, open that Bible for yourself. Go to church for yourself. Pull your parents sometimes. Come on, be the leader. And so number one, get to know God yourself. Number two, God wants to teach you to fight. If you're going to stay in the ark, 
God wants to teach you to fight. In Joshua, in the book of Judges, chapter two, verse 10, so Joshua dies. Okay, so now we have a whole new generation. Okay, and so in chapter, in chapter two, verse 10, it says, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. So Joshua dies and all the people, Israelites die, it's a new generation, right? In verse 21, it says this, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, so that through them I may test Israel. So God's leaving these enemies in the land. They could have been wiped out. He drove them out with Joshua, with, with the previous generation, but he's leaving these enemies there. He says this, he might, that he might what? Test them. Now watch this. All who had not known any of the wars in Canaan, they didn't know how to fight. This was only, look how clear it is in the scripture. This was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know war. They had to learn to fight for themselves. The scripture says they needed to be tested. They, the Lord had to test them. And they had to learn to fight for themselves. What do you mean fight? I mean, it's not easy. It's not gonna be easy. What's gonna happen when you realize that life's not fair? And you did everything right and you got dealt a bad hand. Adversity hits your life. And it's a test. And now it's time to fight. What's gonna happen when you face adversity and you feel the weight and the sting and the regret and the pain of life? What's gonna happen? You've gotta learn to fight. What's gonna happen when you fail? When you make a mistake, when you drop the ball, when you make a bad choice in life. Because how many of you know Christians make mistakes? We mess up at times. What's gonna happen? Are you gonna throw the towel in? You're gonna leave church? You're gonna get, just become lukewarm? Or are you gonna go to the altar? And you're gonna say, God, forgive me. And you're gonna repent. And you're gonna get back up and you're gonna start following God again. That's learning to fight. And next time, you're gonna do better. That's learning to fight. What's gonna happen when there's a season of your life and you look around and you feel like you're all alone? That's a test. Are you gonna learn to fight? Who are you gonna run to? Who are you, who's, who are you gonna go to for comfort? I'm preaching now. You're all alone. A.W. Tozer preached a famous message called this, the saint must walk alone. What does that mean? That means all of our lives, there's gonna be a season when we have to learn to do it for ourselves. We have to learn to walk with God ourselves. We're gonna be tested. God wants to teach us to fight. You, there's, th listen, you can't live on grandma's ability to pray for you. You have to learn to fight yourself. And when adversity hits, and it hits all of us, and man, I hate adversity. It's not fun. I wish we never had it in our life. I hate, I hate it when there's not enough money. Don't you? I hate it when, when um, people experience 
crisis and things happen in life, I can't stand it. But here's what I know. Those are the times of testing where you learn to fight and those are the times of growth. I wish it wasn't true. And I tell you what, you don't learn from the successes of life near as much as you learn from the failures. Don't you wish it was the opposite? But it's not. And it's during the failure. So Israel was conquering all these people. And they were, but they, God had to teach them to fight. He left their enemies so they would learn to fight themselves because that's how we grow. When we learn what it's like to fail. And when this adversity hits us and we don't shrink back, but we just say this. If life is a classroom, adversity is its teacher. And I'm gonna learn from this. And I'm gonna run to God. I'm gonna go to God's people. I'm gonna make it through this storm. And I'm gonna come out on the other side. And my anointing's gonna be stronger. And I'm gonna be wiser. And now I'm gonna help others go through storms of life. So God wants to teach us to fight. A third way that we stay in God's house and the, the team can come on up because I, I feel like we're gonna have a time of prayer. I wanna, I wanna pray for some of our young people and some of you, some of you leaders, some of you deacons, we're gonna pray for you guys and I think God's gonna do some things tonight. I believe it. Specifically for some of you, some, some of you young people, you're here for a reason. You're gonna leave changed. The third way that we stay in the ark is that God wants you to honor and value what really matters. Are you gonna grow up honoring the Kardashians? Is that gonna be as deep as it gets? Come on, guys. Honor what really matters. There's a scripture in Romans 12, 10. It says this, outdo one another, showing honor. At the end of the day, what really matters? God, God people, relationships, serving others. At the end of the day, what's gonna matter? Relationships. Make this decision. This is good, okay? Make this decision that you're gonna be a young man, you're gonna be a young woman that chooses to give honor. That's a choice that you make. What does that mean? It means you're gonna honor authority. You're gonna honor God. How do you honor God? Well, one, one easy way to honor God is to make a commitment to his house. You honor God by coming to his house. It's an easy thing to, thing to do. And your, your faithfulness brings him honor. You're gonna make a commitment to honor authority. Spiritual authority. The ark is a place of safety. You put your life under spiritual authority and it's a safe place for you. You wander on your own, you bounce from here to there, you're listening to every wind of doctrine, you're not connected into under a spiritual authority, and what happens? You become flaky. You stay connected to these long relationships, long-term relationships of honor. It takes 
a long time to develop long-time relationships. It takes a long time to develop old friends, but it's worth it. And so you make a commitment to honor and value what's really important. I love sports, but is, are sports that important? You, you're honoring what's really important. And make a, make a commitment to be a young woman who shows honor. I'm going to honor my mother and father. I'm going to make a commitment. The Bible says you'll be blessed. I'm going to honor spiritual authority. I'm going to honor all authority. The scripture says in Romans 13 that all authority is from God. Put that on Fox News. Put that on CNN. See what happens. It's right in the Bible. All authority is from God. You're supposed to honor it. Christians are supposed to honor and trust God for the authorities that he puts in place. Can you imagine when that scripture was written? Can you, can you imagine the wicked Roman emperors that they were serving under? All authorities from God. And God tests us in how we treat and we honor authority, honor our parents. This is what I know about authority. When we, show to, when we honor God in his house, when we honor our parents, when we honor spiritual authorities, civil authorities, when we honor teachers, when we honor coaches, there's a blessing from each one of those that comes on your life. There's a blessing. When you, when you humble yourself and you choose to show honor to God, I'm gonna come to his house, I'm gonna stay in the ark, I'm gonna honor my parents, my grandparents, I'm gonna honor spiritual authority, teachers, coaches, civil authorities in my life. I'm gonna look for ways to honor them when I have a choice. It's a choice, I choose to give it. I speak it, I show it. A blessing comes on your life. If you're not honoring, you're missing blessings that God has for you because you're out of order. I'm here to tell you as we close, I implore you young people, stay in the ark. Make a decision right now that you're gonna stay connected to a, the local church that God has called you to be at. And that's gonna be the legacy of your family. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.